Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. It is a Wednesday morning. We've had plenty of off-air banter, and now it is time for us to have banter on air. Gentlemen, what are we going to banter about? Well, it took a while for me to bring that giant wheel in here. Um, wheel? We'll, we're going to use later in the show. Well, that's a tease if I've ever heard one. Been uh, working on that in the garage the last couple weeks. Barely fit in the door. I know. Had, I to, had to lower the top of it a little bit. Yeah, it kind of pivoted in there. Yep. Just kind of... <clears throat> swing it you know i'm making that swinging elbow gesture right now is that is that what it would have required yep what it did require oh my bad sorry swing the hypothetical but super real wheel the very real wheel in the in the kitchen with the rest of us yep uh what have you guys learned in the last week about anything could be Nebraska related. It could be about yourselves. I mean, our, let's get well, deep our here. Women, let's get personal. Our U.S. women's soccer team is just <laughs> yeah. Give me a give me a hot people. soccer take. Celebrating too much. It's ridiculous. I, mean, I got a little old man in, on my lawn about that when we were bantering earlier. Yeah, I, I noticed, and I'm very much. Uh, it's a competition. They scored. They should be happy. Why do we care? Why are we dictating this? I know what team Brunts is on. He wants. He wants to see Thailand go get the ball out of the ocean. Yep. But I want bat flips. I want... Yeah, I'm all in on celebrating. I want Megan Rapino to score a goal and somehow, like, shoot fireworks from, like, her wrists. Just, like... Well, I don't want people to get hurt. Well, she's not going to hurt anybody. Well, if she's shooting fireworks out of her wrists, it could go astray. It could be dangerous. When I was on the middle school soccer team, we had a kid score a goal... And he uh, got down on his knees and crawled to the flag and lifted it like he was a dog taking a leak on it. The funny part of this was his goal made it 6-1. We were losing 6-1. to one. <laughs> <laughs> You broke up the shutout. Yeah. I mean, no clean sheet for the keeper. That's a big deal. You get a but, yellow card for that? Yes. <laughs> well, I, whatever they gave you in junior high, I don't remember if they actually even Stern had yellow, talking to. yellow cards on their person back then, but... Now, back when you were one of the top soccer players in the Metro. Back when you were kicking ass. And you, I believe you had one of the most important goals scored in Omaha North history. How did you celebrate it? Yeah, how did you Did you just calmly walk to the line and ask for them to just start the kickoff? No, but that that was different. That was oh, different. that was different. That included you. There, you get to celebrate when you do it. My goal did not make it 13 to nothing. It, oh, so now you want context. <laughs> it it was with a with like a couple minutes left, and so we we just like ran around like idiots, you and know, and punched your dog, ticket to the state. Dogpiled each other. Yeah, as has been retold uh, around the family dinner table um, several yeah, times. Remember that night? Yeah, it, it was uh, a windy night. That was one a hard the, one. <laughs> one of the great moments in podcast history is is Brunt's realizing that his brother in law was on the team that Brian beat. <laughs> I don't remember if. Brunson's brother-in-law would remember this, but Miller North came at us hard in the last minute to almost tie it back up, and somebody saved the game for us with their nuts. And I can't remember who's who's nuts. Literally, went on the line. Yeah, they blocked the shot. Like, Whose planters made that save? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's what got us to state. Really, somebody's nuts. So were you were you akin to the U.S. men's national team where you score a goal and then you're immediately. Just falling apart as you're trying to defend it. Like, yeah, but it was it was basically just a freak show after yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's good. That that's basically how the U.S. But you're you're against celebration in all forms. 
No, but I I'll get into that later, maybe in if in the wheel game. But if Wandale Robinson scores his first college touchdown and it puts Nebraska up forty-seven to three against South Alabama, and he celebrates, would you be would you be getting after him a little bit after the game? No, would I, you be taking to Facebook Live and I talking love, about how this generation has no respect for their their peers? No, I don't think so. Would and, Canada be weighing in on Wandale Robinson at this point? Well, they might be. The Canadian-U.S. relations right now are shaky yeah, after that great. Raptors-Warriors game. But, uh, no, I, I wouldn't I, – I, football, I don't know. I, I like the NFL celebrations. I like all that. I just think when we're beating Thailand 10 to nothing, let's just go back to the line, score another one. I don't mind running it up, but let's just run it up quietly. <laughs> Run it up like we've run it up before. Yeah, exactly. Not treat this like a new thing. Yeah. All right, well, I'm glad I used Wondale Robinson there in my example. He's been in the news recently. Yeah. Do we need to discuss that as we discussed Maurice Washington last week? Well, it's, it's the same thing we said last week. It's a bad headline. and You don't want it on your Google search. It's also doesn't need to be the lead item on the Lincoln News probably, and yet it is. Um, so... I mean, that's what you got to understand in this fishbowl. Uh, the little things are big things. And and there is something to be said for if they start to add up and you get four or five of these little things, um, it becomes an annoyance and something that I think you got you to gotta squash. But, uh, I, I mean, it's also a college kid and weed, and that's it. Bruns, would you like to add to that? No, I don't really have a particularly scalding hot take about weed. Can we can we all just agree that we need to to move on from the Wandale Robinson news of the moment? Yeah, I mean it's the, it's the, not in the wheel, is the, it? No, no I don't think it is. No, it could be. Um, the the timing of that followed by the following the Maurice Washington also citation um, is, is unfortunate. But Is what's your most memorable media overkill moment of the last two decades on the wheel? There, There's a topic on the wheel that, that would probably touch on. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, good. But, That's exciting. Um, Let's, you should explain the wheel. People need to know what the wheel well, is. Well, it's the Do you w- want to wait to explain the wheel? Yeah, when we get to the wheel, I'll explain okay. the wheel. Uh, well, we don't have in the show notes when we're getting to the wheel, so I'm not entirely sure what I'll I'm be ready to, to go when we that. get there. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I appreciate that. You'll know when we get there. Yeah. Uh, other things that have happened, we can jump right into Travis Vokalek, Rutgers transfer tight end. Nebraska got a commitment from him yesterday. Caught some people by surprise, as tight end isn't necessarily a position that you would have thought Nebraska would be prioritizing as they're putting together their roster for the season going forward. Vokalek, highly unlikely to get a waiver, in my opinion. Uh, so you're looking at two years for him starting in 2020. And he would be joining Kurt Raftall and Austin Allen as a junior at that time, which really gives you a front line of a six foot eight tight end, a six foot seven tight end, a six foot six tight end, as Vokalek is 6'6", 250 pounds. Last year for Rutgers, he had a little more than 180 yards on 16 receptions, two touchdowns. While those numbers don't seem outstanding, that accounted for roughly about 11% of Rutgers' passing yardage total. Uh, (laughs) He caught two of the the five touchdowns. 40% of their (laughs) passing touchdowns. And uh, for Nebraska, that would have been their number five overall receiver in terms of yardage. Uh, 
So I think that Travis Vokalek is kind of someone that Nebraska just views as too good to just let go somewhere else. They have an open spot. You're looking at the portal and you're not seeing the linebackers that maybe you would hope that could come in and help out this year. And you're taking a chance on a guy that you think is a Big Ten player and you're putting him in a system where he's more likely to be uh, utilized than what was going to happen in records for him for a couple years. So, And there's a small part of me that thinks a little bit of this. You kept him away from Iowa. And Iowa's tight ends have been problems for you. If Iowa wants the kid, he's obviously got a little bit of talent to play the tight end position. Nebraska has relationships with DJ Vokalek, the father of Travis Vokalek. He coached with Mario Berdusco for a long time at Northern Iowa and Eric Shenander. So it all kind of adds up. There's sort of the the blue shirt possibility, which I remain a little bit skeptical on because I don't know how much players going through that are allowed to be around the team or engage in team activities, which would sort of defeat the purpose of having a guy sit out for a year and then he's not able to really be involved and learn the offense and then be full go when you get him next spring. So. We'll see what happens with that and what it all means for their roster movement. But Travis Vokalek, as it stands to me, could be the last addition to Nebraska's roster going into the 2019 season. Yeah, he could be. And I I think for those who are saying, well, that room is already crowded, I get that take because there's some truth to it. But I also think about it and tight ends a spot where I think most of us at this table have – put like guys like Austin Allen and Raftall's guys that we'd maybe buy stock in especially Allen I know we've said before we would buy on him and maybe that's happening this year but at this point in their careers last season Allen and Raftall combined for six catches so it's not like we should act like the tight end spot has just completely been solved and they were just you know there's three guys that were just dominating last season basically it was stole and two guys who look promising that are trying to catch them. So I think, I mean, we've heard that they think this can be an upgrade for them in that room. And so if you think you can get a player who might jump to the front of the line or close to the front of the line, you do it, even if, you, even if you've got some guys there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a, I think a lot of it is the idea that you build in your head that you want to keep a spot open in case anybody's available late. But the transfer portal sounds more exciting in terms of what you think is there than in exciting. Yeah, what is <laughs> actually out there. I mean, I, I think people just think <laughs> it's like out. going into Walmart and buying what you need, and it's not. Like it's a it's a situation where there's a lot of players in there that Nebraska has absolutely no interest in, and they're not alone. I mean. A lot of people in the transfer portal are not going to end up at the schools that they expected they were going to when they initially went into it. You're going to see a lot of those stories. You're starting to see them where the portal isn't what yeah. these kids thought it was going to be. There's this deal that's going to magically transport you yeah. um, to this great spot or a better spot, and there's kids just sitting in there. Even some talented kids that have left Nebraska sat in there a good while or are still sitting in Some there. went to the junior college route. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there, there's all the proof you need. And look at how Nebraska's used it, too. They've taken three guys that, that effectively would have spent a little time in there. Darian Daniels produced at Oklahoma State. Conaway Noah produced at Cal. They're not taking just long-shot guys that haven't played. I mean, 
you say what you will about Travis Vocal X numbers. He started 14 games in his career. That's more starts than Austin Allen and Kurt Raftall have. He was good. I remember I was watching that crappy game, Rutgers, Michigan State. Don't ask me why <laughs> I was, but I remember that was, that was my only follow-up question. It was Brian, like, believe it or not, it was it like was some why. sort of punishment to myself for some bad I'd done recently or something. But <laughs> I, I actually, the more I thought about, it, I was like, oh yeah, Volklek. Like I remember he was good in that game. And uh, actually stood out it for It was his Rutgers. career game. Yeah, he, I, I do remember that. He had a 27-yard catch. He had a touchdown, 67 yards total, four receptions. Brian remembers them all. Maybe Husker coaches are like me in there. <laughs> that was the one game they like, saw. Man, that guy's pretty good. This was right after they were looking at Iowa and thinking <laughs> Iowa was a lot bigger than they were. So they see a six foot six, 250-pound tight end. Yeah. The, the point about, like, the fact that Iowa was interested in a tight end, like, that, that – means something to me i guess like there's certain schools that i, I think evaluate positions really well at any time this is I'll, great can we go through yeah like position by position and what school comes to mind i mean i don't know there's a few that spring to mind okay but like you know I, I i just think that iowa is one of those schools that you know when they offer a tight end they, they obviously have had a lot of success at developing those guys um the fact that he's six six two fifty, um you know i i think he probably would have been better served with the redshirt year at Rutgers because um, he was but 215 pounds or something as a freshman. So it, it's yeah, depth. You know, I, I think that they want more out of that tight end group than what they got last year, and they they really don't have anybody that's you know proven that that they can do it yet. So why not? I mean, it, it's if you feel like you've you've got you know your depth shorn up at other places, go ahead and do it. But uh, one that I think I would that I always take notice of, but if we're going going down that road, anytime Wisconsin hold off, on, hold on, what? Here's how we're gonna do it because okay. it's the summer and we need to fill time. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a position. I'll ask Brian a position. You have to name the school that comes to mind first, and then you can talk about them a little bit. Is that fair? Do you want to do that? Uh, sure. Is that I sure well, I don't want? No, to? you can. You can jump. Feel free to jump in too if there's one that comes to mind. Okay. We'll just start. Do you, either of you want to go first in this exercise that was created two minutes ago? Um, Brian's going first. If there's a white, if USC even wait, 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 you didn't. I give you the position. Oh, oh. you got to pay attention. Here. Jeez, it's just so isn't many a free freaking rules. But what if, what if I don't have one? Game. What, like, well, what if there's no? Say, yeah, okay. there's there's a bunch of them where I'd be like, uh, yeah. Sort of so like when ask, I start with you at quarterback, it's sort of like asking me who they're the Nebraska. Uh, baseball candidates after will bolt i'm just like hmm. that's a good question <laughs> at service yeah <laughs> apparently especially according to big underscore writer on twitter i got a lot of run yesterday <laughs> quarterback which quarterback. school's quarterback yeah well <laughs> you would you you want to say like lincoln riley but his have been just guys he's kind of ran into that have already been other places I think this is this is going to sound totally homer, and I'll think of another one. But Nebraska's up there right now with Frost and Verduzco. Like I I th- I think uh, when Nebraska offers a kid, everybody else sits up a little bit now, and including you know this, our national analysts sit up when Frost offers somebody, and they're like, okay, they're intrigued by quarterbacks. That, 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 yeah, they, those guys know what they're talking about there. So 
uh, they need to prove it more. But Nebraska's like in the they're in the top five, I bet on that if, on QBs, I would say. Clemson wouldn't come to mind. Yeah, Clemson would be. So I'm I would think, to think Oklahoma, Clemson. I think Nebraska. If you you're talking Verduzco and Frost specifically, mm-hmm. uh, those are the schools that come to mind for me with that. I mean. Georgia pretty much has been getting the pick of the litter at QB with what they want, mm-hmm. you'd have to say. So, uh, those those schools. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's in the playoff, basically, is the answer. Running back. See, when I when I do this, I'm thinking of – Wisconsin, I think, would be one that I would That's fair. tend to take a look at. Um, you got Melvin Gordon. I mean, you have guys like Monte Ball. You uh, you have Jonathan flip, Taylor right flip now. Flip Taylor from from Rutgers, like you know, it, it's th- that's one that that I would say has done pretty well with guys that are maybe uh, not as valued as they should be nationally. Um, I mean, I think Alabama probably deserves some mention there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, anytime Alabama offers a guy, I'm I'm sure that. But uh, not just who they offer, but Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson. Yeah, like they they. Guys have been really good. Now, some of that is their offensive line, but some of that's Wisconsin, too. Sure. So, those come to mind. And then I think recently, Penn State, both with Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they're going to have this year. Uh, back to Brian with wide receiver. Well, I was going to say, USC always sticks out to me as flashy at wide receiver. And sometimes it doesn't translate with the prospects they get to their production level in college, and it kind of surprises you. Uh, but they're one of those schools where if Nebraska is after receiver and USC is like on his list, you're like, okay, that's he's a he's a big dog, you know. If 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 that's the case, a lot of those West Coast schools, you could say, I, I think of as being pretty good at finding receivers. Um, as down as the Pac-12 has been. Okay. You already said tight end. I assume you'd stick with Iowa on yeah. that one. Yeah, that'd be mine. Do you want to jump back to the offensive line, or do we just agree that well, Alabama and Wisconsin generally sit pretty favorably? Yeah, it's got to be them right now. Um, Clemson has certainly moved up in like every category when you t- talk about their – Clemson wide receivers. Clemson in the trenches does not get – there's so much focus for good right. reason on some of their skill guys, but in the trenches is where when you watch them play Alabama, you're like, holy crap. They right. Eat. And both sides. So Clemson's O-line, I think people sleep on some, but shouldn't. And then their D-line would be the easy answer for yeah. for a defensive line. Is there another defensive line you think of that often comes up in college football? I'd say Ohio State probably deserves some mention there. Yeah, no, I, I think definitely – Anytime they're on somebody that – is there somebody – I'm trying to think of somebody that, that does a lot with a little – the defensive line position. Is there anybody that really comes to mind in that way? Does a lot with a little. Can you go into that a little more? Well, I mean, it's I mean, like – Northern Northern Illinois had Sutton Smith, who's both little as a player. But, I mean, like, a a, it's a, a school that evaluates well at that position, I think, is a question. And, like, obviously Ohio State's going to get their pick, but – Illinois? Illinois has a good defensive lineman since Lovey Smith has been there. Bobby Roundtree would have been a first-round pick, but he unfortunately had that injury. Yeah. I mean, o- Oklahoma's Mississippi State. I mean, yeah, they 
generally have great defensive lines and find great players, and they're also just recruiting their backyard in the bayou for them. Mm-hmm. They turn a lot of guys that other people are interested in, but they turn them into stars. Anybody else? I'm trying to think if there's somebody out west. That Does would... Wisconsin qualify in that? Because their defensive line is usually pretty good. I, I would say probably ten more towards the linebackers for them, yeah. like with the run they've had. But um, I mean, if you skip forward to linebackers, I mean, I, Northwestern would be another one that always seems to find guys that fit their system well and just play solid football. I mean, you know, Patty Fisher was probably not. Um, is it because Pat Fitzgerald was a linebacker? I mean, it's. I'm sure that's probably why. It probably doesn't hurt. But, I mean, the, just kind of go through some of the guys they've had. I mean, it always seems like they have impactful linebacker play, no matter how – I mean, and I, and I wouldn't say their defensive line's been great outside of Dean Lowry, but I, – I would say – <laughs> I would say Wisconsin, Iowa, and Northwestern are all Big Ten West examples on their front seven Yeah, that maximize what they have. Now, what they have isn't always going to blow everybody out of the water – but you you can count on it being sol- like it's always going to be pretty solid, and that's kind of been Nebraska's undoing in this, you know, when they've met those teams and and they're trying to conquer the West. Is Nebraska's been all over the place with no set plan. Sometimes it feels like, and some of these teams have had the same systems and types of operations for fifteen twenty years, and they so they they know exactly what it's supposed to look like and. Um, so that as much as we can knock some of their talent in the West sometimes, uh, recruiting wise, and they don't show up in the top 25, I think they make up for it with their systems. Defensive backs, LSU. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I think LSU would probably be where I'd go for that one. I mean, even, I mean, they've already offered Devontae Dickerson and I mean, they, they tend to recruit outside of their area too, which. Ohio State's another one, defensive backs. Yeah. At least under Urban Meyer, they had a lot of draft picks. Alabama's DBs just look cool. I love the black shoes, the white socks kind of halfway up the leg. They got a nice nice. Is that look. a highly ranking uniform for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, it's because it's old school. It's just classic. It's, so I feel the same way about Penn State and Alabama's uniforms. Like, I think they both – like, they just stand out a lot more mm-hmm. whenever they're on TV. I mean, it looks – part of it is these are guys who are going to play in the NFL who are wearing the uniform. Do they so fill it out well. So it looks like if I wear the Alabama uniform with the white socks and black shoes, maybe doesn't have quite the same appeal. Is that something we can do? Can we get an Alabama uniform and have you put it on and just see how it looks compared <laughs> to, say, you know, one of their wide receivers? That's how they should. we should really rank uniforms. Put it on, like <laughs> – like the biggest schlubs we can find and just <laughs> see if it can still those Oregon uniforms don't look quite so cool anymore do they kids if it still yeah. works or not alright well thanks for going along with my, my summer exercise there I don't know if there's a ton other Nebraska football news to discuss at the moment except can for you... except for like Phil Steele and 24-7 sports being yeah, really high mean, on the Huskers we can we can debate the the prognostications at the moment i had okay so i had this theory on the radio yesterday and you guys can tell me if you think i'm nuts adrian martinez's best chance 
of going to New York for the Heisman ceremony to me is this year. Because anything going forward, he has to compete against what his numbers would be this year. You kind of get that like one or two year window to sort of jump up on people. And then, you know, you have a really good year this year. You have to follow it up against what looks like it could be a more difficult schedule in 2020. And you have to surpass those numbers. Aren't you Plus, just... if Nebraska goes 9-3 and three or 10-2 and two this year, which might be undershooting it according to some prognosticators, then you have that aspect of it too. Would the, would the team around him be better, though, in 2020 and 2021? Like... That's what if I, you think he's going to play in 2021. Well, he's not going to win the Heisman that year, so who's going to draft him? Yeah, I don't I, I don't think he's going to be Nebraska's quarterback in 2021. I really don't. So he leaves early and does not does win not get Heisman consideration? Yeah, so I mean, it's not that he wouldn't have Heisman consideration. I just think that his best shot at like surprising people and getting to New York is this year versus 2020. I think Nebraska, if if he's on the cusp of that his junior year, I think that Nebraska would really put a lot behind him. I don't think they're going to do that this year for Heisman consideration. Really? I don't think so. What if they're you know four and zero going against Ohio State and he's just putting up big numbers going through those first four games? You got game day coming in. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, you we said don't it. About it on the, you said we don't it. talk about it on the podcast. Oh, man. You have a studio show coming in to celebrate your big game against Ohio State. It's Justin Fields and Adrian Martinez. I I just You I, really don't think that, that I think would... from the get-go you would see a lot more his junior year versus this year. I mean, I, I think oh, I don't know. Which I that's when it happens, though. Like yeah, I don't think that's true. You get the Amir Abdullah, Denard Robinson, and Tate Forcier. You get the Amir You get the you get the Amir Abdullah batteries at the start of the season, not Man. four games in. Do you still have your double A's? Uh, I, I've used the last set on, oh, a, you, on a remote. You've used them? I, oh yeah. Keith Mann would be incensed. <laughs> I told him that I, they were great batteries. <laughs> I still have mine. They're on my desk. I haven't used them. I've got the case. I don't have the batteries. Oh. I, I kept that desperate time. I wasn't getting package. up and changing that channel myself. So they work fine though. The yeah. batteries actually They're real batteries. <laughs> <laughs> like a mirror, they also run for yeah. a long time until overuse was, just ultimately ruins them. I right? got like four years out of that that remote. So So you're not you're not with me on this then. I the schedule will be tougher, but I think that there will be Especially if they do well this year, I think that there would be enough to. You don't think going into October that they wouldn't launch a campaign if he's considered one of the top quarterbacks in the country? I don't. I don't think that they would do it to the level that they would his junior season before that. Which is fine, but if he goes out and has the same season back to back years, and Nebraska loses two more games in twenty twenty, I think they're going to. But that wouldn't change what they do before the season. Yeah, I guess my point is, I I feel like this is the opportunity to, to you get on the voters' minds because they're always going to be looking for the next person. Is he on the voters' minds though? Like I don't know that he he's, is. Outside what is of this he region. in terms of Heisman odds? He's like, he's in the he's up there, but I I feel like which it's goes kind of, to the fact that if he has a good start to but September, I think it, but I think it's being met with a collective eye roll. Like I I don't think that yeah by the nationally. People here. No, I think nationally it's being met with a collective eye roll. Who's rolling their eyes nationally? Nationally, you got people going eleven and one and ten and two. We were just talking about Phil Steele and their predictions. 
Steele has him as eighth in the Heisman. I know. I just, I don't, I don't. No, you're the one rolling your eyes. I don't think that did. there's buzz. Yeah, I don't think that there's that much buzz yet. So you're projecting other people are rolling their eyes because you are? Is yes. that what's happening here? Yes. Michael Brown's speaking for America out on Adrian Martinez. <laughs> I, I just don't think that there's going to be – I don't think that there's going to be a ton of buzz. This I year. don't understand why everyone doesn't want to go all in on Adrian Martinez. Been burned too much, Mike. Burned trust, by someone of equal talent at the quarterback spot? <laughs> I got trust issues. <laughs> with who? The no, last 20 years Nebraska of Nebraska football. football? <laughs> yeah. I think you just got to go all in on it. All right. I seriously think that there's a fair chance he's in New York. We should have a podcast at some point this summer just about the things that need to happen to to end those trust issues Nebraska fans have with football. Go through it like it's a relationship. We could sit on a couch. Yeah. It should be the whole month of July. Yeah. I mean, it would be like a four-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. We'd but, have fan reaction weighing into it. Mm-hmm. Like this is what needs to happen before they can believe in Nebraska again. I think he's got a crack at it this year. I I still view him as sort of a long shot. I think everybody's kind of under this idea that they're going to roll in the Ohio State four and zero, and that game at Colorado is is going to tell us something real early in this season because I I'm not convinced that's going to be in an easy ride and I, I still have a lot of question marks about some of the parts around adrian martinez and that's where i were i don't doubt him very much but adrian I, martinez is fifth in heisman odds yeah. right now but i wonder you know he's he's got that interior line they got to solve around him and you don't know necessarily who some of the skill weapons are yet and that we're kind of just banking that guys who just showed up are going to be studs you know and i did i that's the part for him where i worry about it because you've got to have all those parts around you working well uh to pull it off so that that's that's the thing that i could see keep him from it but i do think if if they do go four and oh and ohio state comes in here and he puts on a show in that game it'll get It'll get nuts, like you'll yeah. and you'll see Nebraska go all in on, on it too. I bet you think so. You really think they After would at that five, point? Oh, why wouldn't they? They'll because they'll, I just they they're as really much as Nebraska it. does, they won't be. F- yeah, too. no one's. Well, hold on. Bill Moose talked to us about putting a billboard up in New York City for yeah, he did put up for Joey, Joey Harrington. So now you might have an AD yeah, who wants to true. go all in. Was that before the season though that they did it? I don't remember. I I really don't. Joey Heisman. That uh, now nah, you got to throw everything out the window. You got Bill <laughs> Moose true. now. That's true. I, I this didn't, isn't uh, Sean Eichhorst's athletic department anymore. Or People Tom aren't Osborne's. getting batteries. Or uh, yeah, definitely not Tom Osborne's anymore. So this is this is no longer you Rex, recognize anybody in the athletic department. This, this isn't a Rex Burkhead Heisman campaign. We're not talking about shaving kits. That was the best Heisman. <laughs> that would have been so good. <laughs> it was great. It was absolutely great. No, I, I really think that if – and he has to do his part too and Nebraska has to do their part. But if they're going into October and they're 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh, and he's played really well, you're in a year in which, you know, you got Trevor Lawrence, sure, and Tua Tagovailoa, but after that it's wide open. These are the other guys that are listed. Justin Fields hasn't played as much as Adrian Martinez. Jalen Hurts isn't exactly – Heisman quality quarterback numbers that he's put up in his career or 
garnered that kind of excitement, but he is going to Oklahoma. And then you have running backs, DeAndre Swift at Georgia, who most people probably don't know. Jonathan Taylor, running back at Wisconsin, who would need 2,500 yards to have a real chance of winning the Heisman. Uh, Jake Fromm from Georgia. Ian Book, Notre Dame, which is plus 1,900, and that feels really high. I don't, I don't see Ian Book winning the Heisman. Do you think he, aside from that Ohio State game, do you think they get he gets knocked for the schedule? Because you, at that point, would have beaten Colorado, and then after your, Colorado, a very tough Illinois team, and then after that, you have Northwestern, Minnesota, Indiana, Purdue. You don't play Wisconsin until November sixteenth. Yeah, I mean that could be part of it, but I think that actually plays in his favor for him to be able to put up numbers and keep people excited. I mean. You're not going to knock Trevor Lawrence for playing the ACC when there's not really any team in there that's going to excite you this year beyond Clemson. Uh, you didn't knock Oklahoma for playing in a no-defense league the last two years with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. So I, I think you know every every candidate would have its pluses and minuses, but legitimately think Adrian Martinez has a shot at being in New York. It'd be Nebraska's first person since... Sue, who was their first person since Crouch, who was their first person since Frazier, probably. Because Lamont Green was never invited to New York, right? Nope. Nope. I do think, kind of back to, and this plays into this, but also like Phil Steele picking Nebraska. I I think national people are kind of aching for Nebraska to make that run, make their – redemption story it's kind of been sitting out there and which is funny because there's people in the fan base here that think national people want nebraska to be a failure for yeah, some reason i don't think never understood i don't that. think that's true at all i think right. i think most people who follow college football religiously and write about it and i've always been this way like there's certain teams like you may not love them but it it kind of sucks when they're down you know like miami like i like when miami is got it going a little bit you know and they're cocky and that's good for college football i like when notre dame has it going when when they were just out of the picture for a decade it felt like and it was just snoozeville i mean i didn't like that and i'm i've never been a notre dame guy growing up or anything like that but uh, i think nebraska's sort of in that that category where people are like this would be nice if this happened they've got the native son leading them and they should be an exciting offense you know people are looking for that team to latch onto, and i think some of the national people would probably gravitate toward a martina storyline if uh if the record is good yep. have we talked you into it at all slightly maybe a little bit more i, so, I forgot about the i forgot about the moose harrington thing <laughs> that was that's what <laughs> He was excited to tell that Man, story. he was. Yeah, I forgot about that. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Brunts will fill us in on Nebraska baseball's search for a new skipper. And we will introduce the wheel. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 
been nine days since we learned that Darren Erstad was stepping aside. Yeah, your beard's getting out of control. I know. It's <laughs> my wife actually looked at me yesterday and she <laughs> goes, "What are you doing?" Like I, I, I let it go a little bit, and she was just yeah. like, "You." She's like, I saw you from across the store, and I thought, that guy really looks disheveled. I'm not shaving this until Nebraska has it. <laughs> Will Bolt standing up there taking questions. Yeah. So, basically, uh, it's still at the same spot that we were. Um, not a lot of movement. This coaching search seems to be uh, a little more buttoned up uh, than the football and, and basketball coaching searches were. Uh, you know, Rob Childress, Will Bolt, the kind of – group down in College Station has been the focus for a lot of people. Um, reports out there that Childress is likely not coming, barring a change of heart. Uh, so that leaves us with Will Bolt, uh, potentially. And, you know, you still have the, the thing out there again with Moose saying that, you know, he wants Power 5 head coaching experience, and that eliminates a lot of people with Nebraska ties that I think makes sense. So that's where we stand. And you know, timing-wise, I still think it makes sense. You want to have something done by Friday. Yeah, I think you want to have your guy up in front of the media by Friday because, I mean, if, if you're looking to at least get a little extra run from this thing, it makes sense to do it when you've got the entire college baseball media right down the road in, in Omaha. Yeah, that uh, that seems like the likely timetable to me, too. I'm, I'm prepared for it to happen this week. I, wouldn't you be surprised if it doesn't, honestly? If it doesn't, um, that would signal to me that perhaps they've uh, they're making their way they're, down they're the have, list. They're having a long at bat. He's having to write out another. Li- Bill Moose Terrible. is having to write out another list, the original list in the <laughs> yeah. drawer, yeah. to be thrown he's, away. He's got another piece of paper he's <laughs> working on. Do you? So you? I, you've mentioned this. I've seen other writers mention this. Why? Why would the college baseball world care that much who Nebraska hires for baseball? I mean, if it's Will Bolt that moves the needle between Lincoln, Omaha, and the state, it doesn't move it for anyone nationally, I no. can imagine. And it it doesn't. I mean, it's it does a little bit because I think that college baseball media, more than anybody, would get if it's not like a big Childress-type hire, right? Like if it's, just as an example, like a guy like Rick Heller at Iowa, like they're going to understand the significance of a hire like that. Yeah, More. I, mean, I think Rick Heller would move the needle in terms of like, oh, that's surprising. Yeah. But Will Bold is basically Darren Erstad with a different name. He is, but I mean, you've got the you've got the Caldwell Series ties, backs. I mean, he's he's been a top assistant at A and M. I mean, it, somebody with that with that kind of a resume, I think people say, oh, Will Bolt wouldn't be a, a candidate at Nebraska if he didn't go there. Well, sure, but I mean, it's it's not like his resume is significantly yeah, don't lacking. Don't get me either. wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you're saying that. People have said that to me that you right. know, well, you, you know, it's the same thing. Well, Scott Ross probably wouldn't be at Nebraska if he didn't go to Nebraska. Right. Yeah, so. you you have your connections you play to. Right. Like why you don't run away from that? Yeah, I mean, I I think that if if you're not going to make a big splash higher that like that, I mean, you, you're probably not going to move the needle a ton nationally. But I mean, I I still think that. You know, it's going to catch those guys' attention because it's what's going to be talked about locally before the cultural series starts. I think people just have to look at it like some of the guys who are very successful right now. I think if you went back and viewed the day they were hired at that university, I'm guessing the reaction with a D1 
decent percentage of them was like, oh, okay, this yeah. guy, you know, like I, I just think that's the way it is with college baseball. Like people don't know. It's not like college football where everybody's so aware of, oh, yeah, this guy did this at this place. And so hopefully it's just not uh, Chernobyl hot takes coming out, uh, which was a decent show on hbo if people want a recommendation <laughs> a little off. but uh <laughs> what why are you laughing that was so forced <laughs> chernobyl hot takes and then it's it like, wasn't forced i just came up with it like four seconds before it came yeah. out of my mouth you guys need to be watching showtime shows anyways all right anyway um carry on <laughs> yeah so that's that's basically where things stand as as of wednesday at eleven fifty a.m in a holding pattern. There's no what, news, and we're going to tell you there's no news. There, there's no smoke. What percent chance do you put on Rob Childress? Is it under 10? Is it under 5? Is I, it 0? I'd say under 10. I mean, I, I think, I don't know. The, from, from people I've talked to, I mean, the, the, I haven't heard a lot of names that are like, wait, who's this guy? You know, it, it's it just again. It feels I would be surprised if it's a hire that's not familiar to, to Nebraska fans. Mm-hmm. I, I would count, put me in the the surprise category. Put you in the the not surprise category. I, put, you put me in the surprise category if it's somebody that's like kind of out of left field. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Is it, is it time for the wheel? I think it's time for the wheel. Will you explain the wheel. While I I get it working and spinning yeah so i uh for the last couple weeks have been working in the garage big uh big fan of woodworking carpentry um goes well with your beard yes well jc was a carpenter yeah to meet the parents line yeah um so made it all out of one piece of beech wood yep i believe your people call it a hopa (laughs) (laughs) underrated anyways um so constructed this giant wheel uh for the purposes of Getting through the podcast summer, um, had everybody write three or four topics or questions that we've attached to the wheel, which we will, Schaefer will now spin, um, and we'll allow it to spin. Oh, I get it. And continue to spin. We're letting BC spin. Okay. BC is spinning. Still spinning. What did it land on? All right. So this is a topic that we're going to discuss quickly. Yes. Or maybe not. (laughs) What is the annual college football or Nebraska tape that you topic that you hate discussing the most? Annual college football topic that you hate discussing the most as it relates is that to Bruns Nebraska. Handwriting? That's mine. Uh, so there's kind of the the flow to the season, right? Everybody has their at some point how the black shirts are handed out. Take the you get a tunnel walk. Take mm-hmm. um, you know those kinds of things. Could be college football, could be, you know, could even be like the unwritten rules in baseball. I hate discussing those. Uh, when a guy should, how long a guy should look at a home run, those kinds of things. Is there a topic that you hate discussing the most along those lines? Um, the black shirts topic, I always felt like uh, some people on the yeah, fans always thought media was really obsessed with it. And, I don't think that was actually the case. Not not most people cover it day to day. It was a uh, it was a topic that became ridiculous because of the way Polini handled it, where he would he would wait, you know, until like the middle of the season to hand it out. And so then someone 
eventually would be, get bored like the first week of October and feel like they had to ask a question like, hey, when are the black shirts going to get handed out? And I feel like it's become this thing national people look at, like Nebraskans are obsessed with it. And I don't know that many people day to day are as worried as we seem to think they are or that sometimes it comes out about the black shirts. I feel like it's an overdone topic sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think that one's fair. I think a lot of the stuff that comes out of spring football is completely over the top, uh, whether it's, you know, people breaking down the 15 minutes of practice that they get to see and who's lined up where and what the the depth chart allegedly is based on the 15 minutes of practice that they watched or the idea that so-and-so's really made a move on the roster because his name gets mentioned once in a after a practice by Frost or any of the results that come out of the spring game itself. I mean, I, I think that spring football needs to be covered. I think that we sometimes go completely over the top with what is happening there. And it creates false expectations for the upcoming season and for some of the players who aren't actually going against anybody other than other people on their own team and if you don't have much depth, you know who's going to look really good against people that aren't very good? Maybe your players that aren't very good that are slightly better than the worst players. So it's a, it's it's like a total catch-22 with me with what you do with spring football. You have to cover it, and you want to do your due diligence with it, but I think both the media and the fan base should have a little bit more skepticism with what comes out of the spring. I'm glad satellite camps have disappeared kind of that was a hot topic for like the topic i mean yeah you know just like it felt like it became this thing that was just covered ridiculously for like two years or so and there's there's definitely value in satellite camps and nebraska has found guys that have since come to visit and obviously DiCaprio boodle's a starter for him and he's the easiest one to link and i think that it's, it's something else kind of worth covering but some of it in terms of you know i was down there in st louis some of it's just a giant mess. Like, you know, Nebraska's talking to a kid and they're getting his name and then you're marching over there to to learn about who this kid is and Nebraska may never talk to him again. They're just getting his name to write it down to go look at his film. Yeah. I mean, I think what, what I'm kind of going at is like when the Harbaugh craze took off oh, where it was gotcha. like uh, it felt like we had to keep track of every place on the map that they were hitting, and you know, and it – it, it it kind of got out of control, I thought, there for a year or so. Yeah. But we've all we've all covered satellite camps, right? Mm-hmm. You were out you've been to several. Mm-hmm. I've been to Dallas and St. Louis and a couple other ones. I know you've been to St. Louis. Yep. They're uh they're interesting. They're not gonna go away, but the fervor about it has yeah, that's died what, down yep. significantly. What else stands out to you, Brown? Tunnel, tunnel talk music is the one that always gets me. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, because it's you start the conversation about well, what what's the sh- should they keep serious? It is is serious too old? Should should we continue with serious? Because that's what they used back when they were really good, and they started the tunnel walk, and that's what we've always done. And then everybody chimes in, well, this is what I would do with mine. And this would be my tunnel walk music, and this would be mine. I actually didn't mind the fact that they kind of changed it up last year. Like, I, I thought that, yeah, 
give, give me a little curveball every week. I don't need to know what's coming. Like, you know, give, give me a little theme for the week. I, I didn't hate that. But that's that's the one that uh, you always kind of hit that around August. Um, when everybody, it, it is kind of interesting to see what they do with the tunnel walk every year video-wise. Because, I, I mean, I've known people who've had to work on those, and it's a big deal. But uh, the, the, the conversation kind of wears on me a little bit. So we dislike all talk about stuff related to Nebraska traditions, pretty much. Black shirts and... <laughs> uh, spring football is not really a Nebraska tradition. Tunnel right? walk music, though. Yeah, that one. And black shirts. That one's up there. <laughs> Basically, I, I, this is just a complaint session. Yeah. Right? That, that's, that's what the yeah, wheel is. Yeah, sound like curmudgeons. Yeah. I didn't take it as that. I had some really interesting stuff that I put on the wheel. You're going to spin it again? I think it's a once a podcast. Oh, thing. it is. I thought we were going to do the whole thing. Oh no, we we'd be here a long time. Yeah, no, yeah. this this is going to roll oh, over to next week. I see. So this is now this topic. So you got to wheel this thing been taken out off of the wheel. Yeah. So what, I get if, back. what if it spins and it lands on the topic that was taken off? Well, we take the topic off, and then you just spin it again. Yeah, we we'll just spin it again. Okay. The, no the thing that's going to suck is I'm going to have to take the wheel back out to my car now. <laughs> Tied to the leave hood. it on the table over here. That's true. It's a big table for it's one person. Big, big so. table. <laughs> I don't need the rest of the table. I just I have my corner here. I got a coffee table if I need a second table. Nice. So that's the wheel. I got a box that I can prop up if I need to put something on the box. Very well furnished over mm-hmm. here. So, uh, any other final thoughts before we mercifully end this podcast? Uh, no. Go ahead. Well, I end have it. a final thought. Go. What is it? Brunts, it's about to be Friday Night Lights. What? Yes. No. That's, yeah. That's true. <coughs> Friday Night Lights starts on Friday. Nebraska's big man camp is on Saturday. They got another Friday Night Lights on June 21st. We are going to have a ton of coverage from these things. We will all be at the events. We will have coverage from who is there, who is performing well. We've got some recruiting stuff coming up. Oh. Planned. Targeted for you, those of you that really care about recruiting. This is the time of year. You you want to know the inside. You want to know who's on the board, where they're at, who Nebraska's going after, what areas of the country they've really made a move in. We're going to have that stuff for you. Be sure to check out the website this weekend. We're going to have that coverage. We're going to have the camp coverage. We're going to have a lot of stuff. Nebraska might even get a commit from a player that didn't originally start his career at Rutgers. I think it could happen. Could happen this week. Could happen next week. You're going to want to be on the inside when it does happen. Check out Husker247.com for all of that great stuff. Check out this podcast again next week. 